Welcome into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. My name is Chris Vaughn, and like I said, we appreciate you joining us. 419-909-3319 is the number. 419-909-3319 and online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing fantastic. Great to be here. You know, another great show lined up. Today, we're going to be talking about how much can I withdraw from my retirement account. So, for those listeners out there, if you're wanting to know what do you do for this year for your withdrawal rate, uh, you want to stay tuned. we got some great information. Absolutely. Happy to, uh, to share with you guys and impart the information with the listeners. Uh, the average worker expects to withdraw about 10% of his or her savings every year in retirement. We're going to talk about how realistic that is, give you a couple examples of where higher withdrawals make sense, and uh, help the listeners with specific strategies to talk about what could be their best rate. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Like I said, according to the one survey, the average worker expects to withdraw 10% of, of their savings every year in retirement. And from the time that I've been working with you guys, I, I have to say that doesn't sound sustainable. They're going to run out of money uh, pretty early because that's way too much. So how do we actually figure out how much we can safely spend without winding up broke? Yeah, it is a, definitely a common question when we get together with people. I think a lot of folks don't really know when they get started what a safe withdrawal rate is. And you know, if you look at different sources, you get different answers. We'll hopefully today give you some good information. First, you know, during this segment, what I'd like to talk a little bit about is where sometimes it makes sense to take higher withdrawals. They've coined the phrase the retirement red zone, and that's really the first couple of years before retirement and the first couple of years after retirement. And in some of those cases, it does make sense to take some higher withdrawals. I think there could be some situations where taking more out of your retirement accounts might be a good solution. Sometimes, you know, the higher withdrawal rates make sense if you're doing things like trying to earn delayed retirement credits on Social Security. Right. One of the things that we talk a lot about on our radio shows is strategies on ultimately how to optimize Social Security. A lot of people think that, you know, as soon as you retire, you should draw Social Security benefits right away. But what they oftentimes don't realize, if you draw benefits before full retirement age, you ultimately face a lifetime penalty for early withdrawals. Surprisingly, also about 70% of people take benefits either before or right up to full retirement age. And then you also can earn delayed retirement credits by waiting longer. So as we've done the analysis, there are reasons why maybe you'd want to take some higher withdrawals from your retirement savings in the early years to earn some of the delayed retirement credits. Most folks that are older have pensions. I know a lot of us younger folks, pensions are kind of a thing in the past. But right. if you're in that gap of having an option for a pension, it's also important to have the numbers run to look at the impact of drawing pensions early. There could be some reasons maybe you'd want to take more from your financial accounts early to let your pension continue to grow and not face penalties. You know, Nolan, um, actually met with a client yesterday and he's looking at retiring. And, you know, one of the things he mentioned was my idea is to take my Social Security now, pay off all my debt, and then not have an income of X number of dollars that I can manage to retire on. Do you think that's a good idea? And basically, we looked at his assets and what he was looking to invest. He had some options. And for him, 
actually, yes, he can retire. He's 66. He's looking to retire at 67, 68. But if he were to delay taking his Social Security, he had some resources available to maybe draw more than that 10 percent, pay down some of his debt. He had a couple of car loans that he was looking to get rid of, and uh, he didn't have a whole lot of debt. For him, it made perfect sense to do so. When we did the Social Security hmm. optimization report for him, it ended up saving him, and he had $1,100 more in the Social Security benefit on a monthly basis, and he was able to have his money last him to 96 years old with having 50% of his assets still available. So, yeah, you know, maybe taking, uh, paying off some of them car loans, some of that debt that's not really doing any favors to you, that negative debt cash flow is something that maybe you want to pay off and get out of the way. So for this particular client, it was a great option to retire, put off taking his Social Security benefits to 70 and pay down a little bit of his uh, negative debt, which was a great option for him. And if you think about that, I mean, moving into retirement time, a lot of times people go into, quote, the term fixed income, fixed income, sure. because they're going to be getting a fixed amount of money from Social Security, getting a fixed amount of money from their pensions or annuities, and then mm -hmm. the, the variable sources, what they can draw from their retirement accounts. Like you were saying, Scott, there, I think for those listening, sometimes it does make sense to take some higher withdrawals in the early years if you're looking to pay off debts. Like you talk about the mortgage, the car loans, credit card debts, especially when you look at the impact it could have on your cash flow. Right. You know, so cash flow is kind of king all the time mm -hmm. in life, but it's even more important when you look at it at retirement time. If you have a small outstanding balance on a mortgage, but you're paying, you know, $1,000 a month on a mortgage payment, there could be reasons why it makes sense to take some money out, pay off that mortgage, and move into retirement debt-free. Mm -hmm. Some of the things, though, that you have to also take into consideration why there's no right answer for everybody is things like taxes. You know, if you take excess withdrawals out of retirement accounts, most of the retirement accounts have not been taxed. So if we're talking about things right. like traditional IRAs or 401ks mm -hmm. or those investment vehicles, when you take a withdrawal out, that's considered taxable income. You know, so if somebody retires, say, mid-year, you might have work income. Then you have maybe Social Security mm -hmm. income. You have excess withdrawal income. Those will impact what your tax rates are. So Obviously, before you ever decide what your withdrawal rate is, not only working with a financial professional, but it's also a good idea to run the numbers with an accountant and talk to your tax professional to see what that impact is. I've found in situations sometimes like mortgages, maybe instead of paying it all off in the first year, maybe you stretch it out and pay it off over two or three years because maybe that is more tax favorable based upon sure. the feedback that the accountant gives us. Well, and another option is to, you know, with interest rates the way they are now, if you've got you know a loan that's you've had for 20 years maybe look at refinancing get that lower monthly payment and not necessarily pay it off but free up some of that monthly cash flow mm -hmm. like you said yeah two other things also to take into consideration that maybe the listeners haven't thought about when taking excess withdrawals is the impact that it could have on the price they pay for Medicare. So, Absolutely. you know, Medicare can often lead to a, a shocker sometimes for people when they take excess withdrawals and all mm -hmm. of a sudden find out the following year that their Medicare premium goes up by 100%. You know, sure. their, their costs can dramatically increase based upon what their income levels are. And then the other categories to take a look at 
is, again, going back to Social Security. So there's different levels of income when we think about normal working years. So there's the tax brackets that are very common that people talk about and where the regular taxable incomes are for a family or an individual. But when somebody retires and they begin to collect Social Security, they oftentimes don't think about the impact mm -hmm. that that can have on the taxation of their Social Security benefit. So unfortunately, retirees, probably one of the greatest generations ever that's done so much for our, our country, they face two forms of taxes. The regular income, like you and I working, right. and that applies to pensions and you know withdrawals from retirement accounts. But the secondary taxation that they don't think about is the taxation of their Social Security benefits, which actually kind of lays on top of it. There's an analysis that needs to be done with what's called provisional income. One of the ways to kind of get ahead of that is, again, to try to be proactive, not reactive. So you don't want to make these decisions and wait till the following tax year sure. to find out what the cost impact is going to be, what the tax impact is going to be. What you want to do is you want to have a tax roadmap put together. Within a tax roadmap, I mean, we have the software available and we can kind of put the numbers in there. We can kind of run the different scenarios and give you some information that you can go and take over to your CPA. And of course, we love working with the accountants to kind of make sure that we're all on the same page to determine what the withdrawal rate is. And Social Security can sometimes work in your favor and it can work against you. Right. Yeah, Social Security can actually be a very tax efficient way to draw income, but it's part of developing your overall plan. So it's a matter of looking at, you know, what's the best plan income wise to pull money out and what's the best plan long term wise on what's going to be best for you in the overall long term situation. So again, there are different reasons. We're talking today about how I can take and how much I can take out of my retirement accounts, what should I set up as a withdrawal rate and what's going to be realistic. You know, there are different things to take into consideration. And it, it comes down to, again, planning, planning your overall situation. There's still no better situation or solution than developing a good plan of what the withdrawal rate is. But, you know, Chris, overall, I would say that if you look at that study that was put out on the average worker expecting to withdraw 10% of his or her life savings each year in retirement, just on the surface, if that's a lifetime withdrawal rate, that gets pretty scary mm -hmm. because, again, de depending upon the rate of return of what the investments are, people ultimately could run out of money in 10 years, 12 years. And there's no right or wrong answer. Everybody's individual situation is different. You know, you can talk to your neighbors or, um, well, you know, obviously with social distancing, it might be through the <laughs> fence like the old Tim. Uh, the home improvement, yeah. Yeah, the home improvement <laughs> guy. Uh, it wasn't Tim. It was the neighbor. Uh, but listen. um yeah, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, exactly. That was a great show yeah, back then. It really was. You know? <laughs> but, you know, you owe it to yourself to meet with an advisor to go through your situation and your needs because what works for the neighbor might not be the same situation for you. And don't be afraid to ask and assume that you know what what's the right thing to do because you may not. There's something that I found a lot of power in these days with my five-year-old son who asks a lot of questions and sometimes I don't know the answer. And the best thing I can say, and I found that I'm better for is saying, you know, I don't know, but let's find the answer out together. There are things as you approach retirement, you may not know the answers to yet. And that is okay because you spent the 20, 30 plus years in your working world doing whatever it is, you know, honing your craft. But when it comes to making sure all the pieces fit together in your retirement puzzle, it is okay if you don't know the answers, as long as you know where to turn. And to help you out with that, let me give you this number, 
3319. That's how you set up a time to speak with America's Retirement Headquarters, put together that comprehensive plan to make your retirement dreams into a retirement reality. Not necessarily what your neighbor wants and not what your friends at church want. There's no sense in keeping up with the Joneses. The only case that, that is applicable is if your last name is, in fact, Jones. Create that plan that works for you. And again, that 10% withdrawal rate, uh, unless your retirement is very short, probably not going to be sustainable. And uh, I think that is something that, that all in all, no one really wants. But but putting together that whole plan starts with that phone number, 419-909-3319. Or you can go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. So there are all kinds of rules of thumb that we hear about, like the one saying you need about 80% of your pre-retirement income after you quit working. But the EBRI, or the Employee Benefits Research Institute, found that many of those rules just don't work for most people. So what is the difference between following these generalized formulas and actually getting a personalized plan uh, from professionals like you guys? Yeah, great question. You know, there are definitely some rules of thumb that are out there, and it can sometimes get overwhelming. And oftentimes, if you follow the rules of thumb and don't look at a personalized situation, you can run into, obviously, the risk of outliving your income. Sure. I just did a quick Google search. So in Google, I typed in, how much can I withdraw from my retirement oh, account? Boy. And there's 22 million results. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. So if you want to do a little bit of a light reading, uh, there's 22 million results that are out there. But, you know, one of them, when we're talking about rules of thumb, that's kind of been a rule of thumb for a while in our industry is called the 4% rule of thumb. And, you know, when you think about the 4% rule of thumb, what they're talking about is if you have a retirement savings balance of, let's say, $100,000, you know, 4% of that is to withdraw $4,000 a year. So again, I've been doing this for over 25 years, and Scott and I both have got combined over 50 years of working with folks and helping them determine these numbers. The 4% rule of thumb, I, I do think that that's not a bad starting point. There are things to consider why not everybody's situation applies to the rule of thumb. So things that you want to think about is other sources of income. You also want to think about what's called the sequence of return risk. The sequence of the return risk is probably one of the biggest threats of the 4% rule of thumb that people don't necessarily think about. What the sequence of return relates to is using the 4% withdrawal rate as our example, you know, a lot of the projections that are made to determine the 4% rule are based upon historical averages of what the market does. So sure. they say, you know, over the course of the next 10, 20, or 30 years, the market should average, let's just say, 7%. So on the surface, it would seem like a 4% rule of thumb would be nice and be comfortable. What a lot of those projections don't take into consideration is the sequence of returns. So again, the person who retired, let's say in 2007, right before the stock market crashed, if they had $100,000 in their investment savings in 2007, they took a 4% withdrawal out of the account. And then in 2008, between that time frame and when the market went down, that portfolio, depending upon how it was invested, could have lost half of their money. So now all of a sudden their $100,000 account after the withdrawals is worth you know, $48,000. So if you take $4,000 divided by 48,000, what you can see is that's an 8.3% withdrawal rate. Sure. So all, all of a sudden in one quick year, what seemed like a good rule of thumb becomes probably long-term unsustainable. And that's why when you're taking these things into consideration, you also had to take in some of the risks that are out there. One of them to consider is what is the sequence of return risk? Mm -hmm. 
this risk is even more important in those early years leading up to or leading right into retirement. The other thing is when you're looking at the rule of thumb is the age. A 4% rule might make sense for somebody who retires later in life at say 70, but it may not be as realistic who somebody wants to retire early at the age 60. Right. Then you also want to take in consideration, you know, if you have things that provide income, like we were talking about the other sources that we were talking about, you know, determining what an optimized approach is for social security planning, determining what is ideas to maximize a pension. Also things like annuities, you know, annuities are vehicles that are issued by insurance companies. And of course, guarantees from annuities are based upon the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. But annuities are and have been a hot topic for a long time. And some of the annuities, they provide income. Income can be provided on an annuity for a set period of time. Mm-hmm. It can be provided for somebody's entire lifetime. It could be provided till the bucket of money runs out. And it can even be provided for joint life options. So you need to take those things into consideration when you're looking at the general rules of thumb. Those are the biggest areas that maybe catch people off guard. And on the flip side of that, you know, if, like you said, back in 07, 08, 09, when things weren't so hot in the market, on the flip side of that would be, you might be able to make adjustments to that after that first year. If the market does really well, you know, look over the past year, since March, the market has stormed back and your investments are doing actually quite well. And uh, you might be able to make those adjustments. And and that's where you owe it to yourself to actually sit down with Nolan and, and our team here to go over all of your different options and, and what's going to make the most money sense for you. The other thing you need to be prepared for is the unexpected costs that might come into play. Healthcare expenses, housing costs, you know, you you have to have that money set aside where if your car breaks down, you might need a new car. Uh, you might need to do something with your washer and dryer or what have you. Those, when you're, like you said, when you're on that fixed income, so to speak, there's not a whole lot of money set aside for those unexpected expenses like that. And uh, you got to be prepared for that. Yeah, you brought up a couple of really good points there, I would say, when taking a look at those. You know, one of them is uh, things are going to get more expensive. So absolutely, if you look at your plan and you start out at a set rate, the question becomes, does your plan include inflation? Mm -hmm. Because things are going to get more expensive. So if you look at the, the price of a stamp, the price of a car, the price of food, the price of energy, I mean, generally speaking, things are going to go up in price. So you want to build in inflation into the factor. When I did the Google search, and of course, those listening out there can do the Google search on how much can I withdraw from my retirement account, of the 22 million results that are out there, one of them that I found fairly interesting was put out as a white paper by Morningstar. So those of you that are listening, if you wanted to get some feedback from the Morningstar report, what you would type in is low bond yields and safe portfolio withdrawal rates. Of course, if you want, just cruise on over to our website, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Check out our blog. I'll put a link over there so you'll find that pretty easy by going over to our website. If you look at this, there was a couple of professionals that did some research, and they took a look at the topic of what initial withdrawal rates could be for retirement portfolios. 
if you want to have retirement and your retirement is going to be, let's say, a 60% equity allocation, so they're talking 60% equities, maybe 40% fixed income, if you want to have a 90% probability of success, somebody who has a 25-year lifetime plan, they're planning on taking income for the next 25 years, okay. according to the research report that Morningstar put out, that's a 3.2% withdrawal rate. And that's lower than the rule of thumb at 4%. It is lower than that. But the other, I think, mistake that oftentimes uh, retirees don't take into consideration, it's 3.2 is the net number. Right. So in addition to that, the other thing that you guys got to add on top of that is taxes, you mm -hmm. know, because you got to pay taxes from traditional retirement accounts. And then if you're paying for management fees and expenses, would need to add that on top of that too. So if you take 3.2 minus taxes, minus fees and expenses, it actually makes the net number you know, even lower on what a safe sure. withdrawal rate is. But again, the, the number could be better. So as I mentioned earlier, if somebody's a little bit older, they still have that, again, 60-40 equity allocation. To get a 90% probability of success, if they only had, in their case, a 15-year time frame, maybe they're a little bit older, according to the Morningstar report, a safe withdrawal rate is 54 as a gross number. So the other thing that I would point out that Scott mentioned a few minutes ago that I don't know if you were listening really resonated, but pay attention to this one. It is okay to take a look at your withdrawal rates on a year-by-year -year basis. There's going to be years in there that your investments hopefully overachieve what your goal is. In those years where you do a whole lot better than what you expected, those might be the years that you do that vacation that you always dreamed right, about. Right. Those might be the years that you replace a newer vehicle. Maybe you do the home repairs. Maybe you, you help the kids out a little bit more. Also that you want to do is in those years that you overachieve your goals, what I would tell you to also do is I would also tell you to make sure that you set some money aside for a plan B. The plan B is there's not going to always be those years that things work out. You know, the markets go up, the markets go down. Mm -hmm. If you take some money and put it into a safer, safer account, something that's maybe not subject to stock market loss, if you do have one of those years that the market goes down, if you've set aside one, two, three, you know, five years worth of money in investment vehicles that are protected against market loss, in those years where the market goes down, what it does is it allows you not to take and negative compound effect right. the withdrawals on your, your riskier assets. So if you adjust your lifestyle, your ways of living, if your needs change, you have a great year, the market's booming, you might go back instead of taking that 4% or whatever you decide, if you're doing the 10% that first couple of years, you could cut it back, save that investment money to set up the plan B, like you said, Nolan. You know, if, if the market's doing great, and you don't need all of that money, don't take it. Absolutely. So if you're listening today, hopefully you've picked up some great ideas, but let's really kind of give you the summary of what you should do. With the millions and millions of different articles on the internet, what I would recommend that our listeners do is test out your retirement income plan using a variety of different projections. Sure. So don't look at one solution to determine what could be the best withdrawal rate. You want to use things like the tools that we have, uh, financial planning through Right Capital that does Monte Carlo analysis to help you develop a solid plan, identify some of the biggest risk and eliminate those risks. 
you want to stress test your plan using what's called aft casting, looking at real returns, both in good, average, and poor times. You know, just remember that past performance doesn't always predict the future. It could be a trap to get caught saying, hey, based upon the last 10 years, this would be a good withdrawal rate. Well, the next 10 years may not necessarily perform like the last 10 years. The other area to look at is most financial professionals focus on the 95% of the time the market does X. Be sure when you're looking at your retirement plan to not forget about the other 5% of the time. If you're not sure, again, other things that we've created here at our office is we have the retirement savings calculator that we can use and be able to kind of put that all together. So again, test out your retirement income plan using multiple scenarios. You know, Nolan, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't claim to be. I'm an insurance guy. I help people out with their health and benefits. And I've been sitting in on a lot of the meetings. We've done a lot of joint meetings with people that are signing up for Medicare net. And I got to tell you, I'm really absorbing all of this. It's you owe it to yourself to come take a listen. And like Nolan said, test out all of your different options. Make sure you understand them because I tell you what, there are so many different ways you can go and different options out there for each and every one of you. There's so much uncertainty out there in the world these days and in the financial realm, in the world of retirement, there are things that are beyond our control. So it is critical that you get the things you can control right, like uh, accounting for taxation, like accounting for Social Security. You know, these things with these rules of thumb, they're a good place to start from, but you want something that is a little better than that. Think of it kind of as the stock model of a car coming off the line. I don't know anyone out there who really just wants that that champagne-colored four-door sedan with none of the bells and whistles in their retirement. My mom would say she would, but but we all know that's not the case. Uh, You want that plan customized for you, and that is where America's Retirement Headquarters, the Retirement Guys Formula, America's Medicare Associates really comes into play. To sit down and speak with them and, and run all these different analysis and see how your plan stands, or if you don't have a plan, how to put it together. Just pick up the phone, give a call, 419-909-3319, and you can find them online and previous editions of the show at americasretirementheadquarters.com. We appreciate you joining us this week uh, here on News Radio 1370 WSPD and 92.9 FM. And gentlemen, before we go, I want to leave you with the final word. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. Hopefully you uh, get a lot out of the shows that we're doing. Make sure you check out our podcast and visit our website for any questions you might have. And have a great rest of your weekend and a great week. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-909-3319 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.